0: Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 13th of October. Hundreds of thousands of residents across the southeast of Australia are on high alert today as another severe weather system sweeps across the country. Widespread flood warnings are in place for many parts of Victoria and Tasmania, with areas across South Australia and New South Wales also set to be affected. Jonathan Howe from the Weather Bureau says a major deluge is expected to hit many
2: states. We expect to see widespread falls right across the southeast with heaviest falls through the warning area potentially reaching in excess of 100 millimetres by Saturday morning across parts of elevated Victoria and for Tasmania we may see those rainfall totals reach 100 to potentially up to 300 millimetres by Saturday.
0: For Victorians, it could be the worst flooding the state has seen in more than a decade. Premier Daniel Andrews warning residents to be prepared. Please be aware of your circumstances. Please get the best information so you can make the very best decisions for your safety and the safety of others. And please do not drive into flood water because it's dangerous for you uh, and it's really dangerous for the person who has to come and rescue you. While in New South Wales, residents affected by the latest flood crisis are set to receive support from the federal government. The government will activate its Disaster Recovery Allowance... For 27 impacted local government areas today. Minister for Emergency Management Murray Watts says it means those who have been unable to work or have lost income will be supported.
1: There are many people in western New South Wales who have been cut off uh, from getting to work or getting to their business for some time now and uh, these payments will help people you know pay their rent, pay their mortgage and pay their grocery bills.
0: In other news this Thursday morning, two years on from the deadly COVID outbreak on board the Ruby Princess cruise ship, a class action lawsuit has finally started in the federal court. More than 660 people who were on board the ship tested positive to COVID with 28 passengers dying. Our reporter Michaela Savage has the details from Sydney. Yeah, that's right, Tosh. The class action alleges the cruise charter, Carnival, and the owner and operator, Princess Cruise Lines, breached their duties of care. The courts heard the outbreak was not some accident and, in fact, was very likely to happen given the circumstances. By the time the ship had departed on March 8, 2020, more than 100,000 COVID cases had been reported worldwide and the global pandemic would be declared just a few days later. The lawyer representing the lead plaintiff in the case has alleged Carnival and Princess either knew or should have known the cruise was not equipped to handle an onboard outbreak and therefore shouldn't have set sail. But they argue passengers were presumed to have known an outbreak could occur and claim travellers voluntarily accepted the obvious risk by boarding the ship. The trial is likely to run for about a month. Meantime, Victoria's official pandemic declaration finished at midnight last night, formally marking the end of the state's emergency response to COVID. Authorities can no longer have the power to enforce things like isolation periods or mask wearing. Our reporter James Lake is in Melbourne. And James, there's a question mark, though, over the health advice behind this decision. It's been revealed today, Tash, that Chief Health Officer Brett Sutton, who was a key figure of the COVID response and the main advisor to Spring Street over the past three years, was never consulted on the decision to lift the state's pandemic declaration. Likewise, the Premier never sought advice either, prepared by the state's public health team. Dan Andrews used a technicality where he could take his hands off the wheel and let the pandemic declaration lapse without consultation. If he did want to end it earlier or have it extended, that's when official advice would have to have been sought and made public. The most recent COVID stats show at least the health emergency is far from over still. Victoria had 9,230 new infections reported last week, 137 people in hospital and 43 lives were lost. And long COVID clinics across Australia are being inundated with requests from people struggling with ongoing symptoms. Doctors have highlighted the silent epidemic at a parliamentary inquiry, which started yesterday, admitting they are struggling to keep up with demand. It's estimated around 5% of Australians infected with the virus will develop long COVID. The brother of the New South Wales Deputy Premier and Police Minister Paul Toole has been charged over an alleged drug supply syndicate. 38-year-old Joshua Toole was one of four people arrested during vehicle stops in the state's Hunter Valley and Central Coast yesterday, police later seizing more than two kilograms of the drug ice and $220,000 in cash from three properties. And overseas, and the U.S. president says Vladimir Putin is being highly irresponsible by his ongoing threats of using nuclear weapons in the invasion with Ukraine. It comes as Russia continues to escalate its attack on Ukraine, firing a number of missiles on the country this week. Here is the President Joe Biden on CNN overnight.
1: I'm talking to Putin. He, in fact, cannot continue with impunity. To talk about the use of a tactical nuclear weapon as if that's a rational thing to do. The mistakes get made. The miscalculation could occur. No one can be sure what would happen and it could end in Armageddon.
0: After the latest in business and finance news. We're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from the Switzer Peter, good morning. Global stock markets, including ours, are awaiting crucial inflation data out tonight that will be good or bad news.
1: Yeah, if the US Consumer Price Index number comes in better than expected overnight, stock markets will surge tomorrow and vice versa. Overnight, the Yanks got the latest Producer Price Index, which measures business inflation, and it came in at 0.4%, which was higher than forecasts of economists, but it was lower than previous months.
0: And Peter, bank bosses say the economy, Australian economy, is doing very well at the moment, but next year it could be a very different story.
1: Yeah, the AFR interviewed CEOs of our major banks. She said the economy and the business sector were on the way up. But the succession of past interest rate rises will eventually hit consumers in 2023. And the ANZ boss, Shane Elliott, thinks there are a lot of people on fixed rate home loans will have to shift to 5% plus mortgage rates, which will be a big chunk of money coming out of their pockets.
0: And talking about interest rates, very interesting to note that a local investment conference has heard from some market experts that house prices are set to slide 15 to 20% next year. But is that just a correction in a very overheated market, Peter? And could that be good news for people trying to get into the market?
1: A, it is a big correction, and B, it will definitely help people trying to get into the market. And this time, the doomsday prophecies for house prices came from a panel of experts from Citibank, IFM Investors and Pepper Money. Now, Alan Moyer from Pepper Money was the least negative tipping a 15% slide in national house prices. But I have interviewed economists from rea.com.au who expect the fall to be a lower 10 to 15%. Ultimately, it will depend on how many interest rate rises are out there waiting to happen.
0: We'll wait and see. Peter, thanks so much. Cheers. Time for Sport Now with Josh Conway. And Josh, good morning. The AFL trade period came to an end last night and it was a pretty chaotic finish.
2: It certainly was, Tasha. A crazy ending to deadline day. 11 deals went down with pretty much every big name getting their move done in the final minutes. Among them, Josh Dunkley got his wish to go to Brisbane, as did Rory Lobb from Fremantle to the Western Bulldogs. A big three-way trade saw Tom Mitchell and pick 25 land at Collingwood, which allowed Ollie Henry to get his wish to play with brother Jack in Geelong. While Hawthorne added Cat Cooper-Stevens and some draft picks after letting Mitchell go, as well as Jay O'Meara, to Fremantle. Hawks list boss Mark McKenzie says it's a bit of a blow. It's always difficult to lose quality people uh, from your footy club, and obviously Tom and Jager are that for us while Cats counterpart Andrew Mackey said he was preparing for the worst after lengthy negotiations with Collingwood in an effort to land young forward Henry. I had a tough conversation with Oldman's parents yesterday with the fact that, you know, this might not happen.
0: That's not an easy conversation, but to their credit, they just wanted to get to John Footy Club and were willing to do
2: whatever it took. I hope you can wrap your heads around all of that. It seems to get crazier every off-season, Tash. Absolutely, Josh, clear as mud
0: to the NRL now. And the drama at Manly just does not appear to be stopping anytime soon.
2: Yeah, if you thought trade period was chaotic, you should see what is happening out at Brookvale. Des Hasler has confirmed he wants to coach Manly next season. That's despite Sea Eagles owner Scott Penn yesterday hinting his time was up. And it's taking a toll on their star brothers too, with the manager of Tom and Jake Trebojevic confirming to nine last night The duo is concerned about the instability at the club. Desi is, of course, contracted for next season, but it really is hard to see a resolution with that one. In some brighter league news, we're just three sleeps away from the Kangaroos World Cup campaign kicking off this weekend. And finally, in cricket task, we've dropped yet another T20 to England. The Aussies going down to the palms by eight runs last night in Canberra. Skipper Aaron Finch has told Fox Sports four dropped catches from the home side proved crucial.
0: Sloppy, dropped a couple of chances, especially when we had them four down. If we get them five, six down towards the back end, we make it easier for ourselves.
2: Thanks, Josh.
0: And film, television and stage icon Angela Lansbury is being remembered for her extraordinary contribution to the entertainment industry following her death yesterday. The actress is best known for her roles in the television series Murder She Wrote and also as Mrs Potts in the award-winning animated Disney film Beauty and the Beast. But the much-loved actress's breakout role was in the original Broadway production Mame in 1966. I'm not like Mame at all, but I love playing her. Because for the first time in my life, I was admired as a woman. Angela Lansbury was 96. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode on a whole new world of audio by downloading the listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow.
2: now.